Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We are the mother-daughter co-founders of the I Create Daily brand. We are passionate about encouraging positivity, creativity, and productivity while bringing you information and resources that support your creative aspirations. I Create Daily is for creators in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. So if you're into creating anything, this podcast has something for you. So tell us, what would support you most in your journey? You can reach us at creators at iCreateDaily.com. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us us on this journey. Welcome to the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their work. I'm Leora. And I'm Devani. And today's guest, we discover, I discovered the other day while searching dream quotes. And I was on Goodreads and I kept seeing one author's name for three <coughs> entire pages. And I'd never heard his name before. So I Googled him and was initially just captivated by his book cover. And so with further exploration, and I showed Leora, my mom, and we had to invite him on the podcast. And so today's guest is Dr. Dragosh, an award-winning scientist, writer, and international speaker now living in New Zealand. As a speaker, Dr. Dragosh has shared the stage with New York Times bestselling authors, rock stars, and international business and government leaders. As a scientist, Dragos received his PhD magna cum laude in Germany with a dissertation in the field of satellite-based intelligence. He's peer-reviewed for leading scientific journals and until recently held a leadership position with the New Zealand government, driving the research strategy for the National Space Program. Dr. Dragos left his position to promote his book, The Pursuit of Dreams, Claim Your Power, Follow Your Heart, and Fulfill Your Destiny. And as a filmmaker, Dragos created the Amazing You movie available in 20 languages and the Pursuit of Dreams docuseries now available from Hay House. So welcome, Dr. Dragos. Hello. Hi. Good to be here with you. It's great to see you. So it's afternoon here for us in North Carolina, USA. You are coming, uh, calling us or reaching in from New Zealand uh, yeah. in the morning, right? Early, and you're early morning. So tomorrow is going to be a good day, right? For us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm calling from the future. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. And we understand that concept. We love that concept. And so speaking of calling from the future, I mean, like that's part of your message is pursue your dreams and create your reality. Your book, as Devani said, is just beautiful, exquisite. You have um, co- like presented with some of our heroes from Greg Braden to um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, all these wonderful um, visionary thought leaders. How did you go from working in the scientific field to working in the visionary dream, uh, pursuing your passion field of books and movies? Well, so I grew up, I was born and grew up in Eastern Europe, in Romania. And um, I grew up, my parents, although they, they, had, they have education and they had good jobs uh, because now they are retired, in the environment, in the social context where I grew up in, uh, although through their best efforts, all they could offer me to keep me through university was about $100 a month. That was the, 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 the post-communist environment. So it's like everybody had just the basics of life. And 
because there wasn't much to do for my five years of studies uh, while I was pursuing my engineering degree uh, with this money. Well, I, I spent many, many days and nights and weekends. I had nothing else to do. So I went to bookshops and I, I was reading everything I could get my hands on in terms of uh, entrepreneurship, uh, self-development, you name it. Everything in the non-fiction section, I was just reading. I couldn't afford to buy the books. So I was just sitting in the, in the, in the bookstores, reading them and then putting them back and so on every single day. And all these books were saying that if you have a passion, if you have a dream, you can do it. Most of these books were coming from social environments like, like the US or England and so on. And I wondered, what if this is true? Because no, nobody taught me growing up that my dreams can become a reality. I was on the path of you have to get a job, right. get a degree, uh, get a job, stay in that, stay in your line for as long as you can, retire, and you've made it through life. So um, I said, what if what all these books are saying about entrepreneurship, about making your dreams a reality, what if it's true? You know, so I when I was 24 years old, for the first time I asked the question like, Truly, what is if I if I were to allow the question, what is truly my dream? What would the answer to this question be like? And I remember that the honest to God answer in back in those days for me was, I really want to go to the North and the South Pole. So leaving aside the voices of what do people say, the, leaving aside uh, what my wallet was saying, leaving aside everything of what I was having in my circumstances, my, the, the answer was, in the heart of hearts, I want to go to the North and the South Pole. And uh, that's how everything started, actually, because I said, you know what, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to do two things. I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm doing. So I'm not going to speak to my friends because I, did, I, to be honest, I didn't have faith that, you know, I can do it and uh, yeah. that I can stand the pressure from the environment. So I just said, I'm going to be silent about this. And I'm going to work for one whole year, day and night, one whole year, trying any kind of idea that was legal and morally correct. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can go to the North and the South Pole. But I said, I said, I'm not going to judge the journey because this is the key thing. Don't judge the journey till the very last moment of your, for me, it was one year to, to, to attempt this. I was trying to figure out, is it possible or not? Mm. And I think this idea of just trying ideas but not judging and keep going is what allowed me to, to fulfill my, my, my dreams first because it took me from that 12 months, it took me 11 months and 15 days to make it happen. Wow. So after 11 months and 15 days, I took a flight and I went to the South Pole. And then uh, from there, I took another flight, the longest flight across the earth all the way to the North Pole at an island at the North Pole. And uh, that was the beginning of my journey. And I thought, you know what, if I wasn't really, uh, like I'm not smarter than anybody else or so if this can happen for me, a kid growing up in Eastern Europe, what else is possible? And I think that that opened the door for everything that followed in my life because I saw how I saw God taking care of me along the way when I, when I was I was alone in in Argentina without any money. I saw how if you just keep going, what you need will show up. You are you don't get everything at the start, mm. but you get them along the way. So yeah. the moment you need something, that's going to show up. That's it's not coming all at once, so you can be relaxed. Uh, throughout the journey.
So that's how my journey started. So I applied the same thinking and um, I made my first documentary series to, uh, to the amazing you, to teach people how to accomplish their dreams. Uh, I went to NASA to study there with some of the best minds in the world and I, I interviewed them and I took their knowledge and put it in my documentary series. Uh, I wrote the book so that it just builds up along the way. And uh, this is what I've learned that if you are, I mean, wherever you start now, if you have a dream in your heart, that dream, that dream comes from God. So if it's in your heart and if you feel like a constant calling to do something and you have to be careful not to mix it with uh, what the social pressure is putting on you, what other people tell you, you have to be careful not to confuse it with the, uh, the cravings that you have, like I want to prove myself, I want to show others, I want to, you know, to make something happen because uh, of pride or ambition or because whenever there's ambition or it's never going to work. So if in the heart of hearts you have something and if you go for it, that always happens. So if you are faithful in what you start from, with where you start from, and if you achieve that, a bigger thing will show up for you in the future and they just keep growing and growing. But if you dismiss the first one that you have now, the bigger things will never show up. Right. So that's how my, my journey started from the space moving into how do you make your dreams a reality? So almost from nothing oh. to everything, although you had your education, you had your dream. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the dream, what was it about visiting the North and South Pole that attracted you? Well, it, for me, it was a, a personal experience that I wanted to have. So I can't really tell you why. I mean, it's just, I, uh, I have a, an attraction for the cold regions, for where it's cold and windy and there's ice. <laughs> Even on my bucket list, I still have to, I still have Alaska and Greenland. Um, I never, I don't want to go to the tropical places. I don't like those. So it's just, it's just my own personal, uh, you know, wish and desire and calling to, to go there. And so I, that's the only answer I can give you. Well, did you get, when you went to, did you get to see the Northern Lights when you were in the Northern? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so what was the experience like for you? Was it as fulfilling as you had imagined? It was a great joy. I remember um, being at the North Pole. Well, you can't really go to the North Pole like the 90 degrees because it's ocean, but the, the, the furthest island close to the North Pole. And uh, I remember I came out and it was, it, uh, it was extremely, extremely cold, like bitter cold. And um, I think I came out around midnight and in the village I was at, there's polar bears. So I had to, I was watching the Northern Lights with one eye and I was looking around me to, just to make sure there's no polar bears with the other right? No. And I remember, so the experience was so, I just filled with joy. Mm. You know, when you don't care about, you don't want to tell other people, you don't want to, you know, look what I've done. It just, it doesn't matter. You just want to be there and say, you know, thank you God for making my dream come true and just enjoy it. And when I looked at the clock, it, three, three hours have, have passed. Mm. It was three o'clock in the morning and I said, maybe it's time to go inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
yeah. <laughs> you weren't completely frozen. <laughs> because that's the, I think that's the key to, to your dream. If you can get so absorbed in what you are doing and regardless of what happens around you when nobody's looking, nobody's watching you, because we tend to have these cravings of, you know, I want to show other people I want to, then that's fine. But when you are, let's say if you're a musician or if you're an entrepreneur or an artist, most of the time that you're spending is with your creation. It's not showing people. Right. You spend, I don't know how much you spend to paint something. It's probably days or weeks to make a painting, but then you show it for a few hours in a gallery. So the, you have to be in the, in the creative process. That's where your joy has to be, not in showing it to others. Right, definitely. Well, I think that's when um, there's the pure motivation. You're not, you know, the motivation then isn't um, so that you will gain significance in others' eyes, but rather so that you will be fulfilled um, in pursuing your own dreams from the inside out. So that makes because sense. Maybe it will never come. So maybe that uh, there's a there's a high risk of having goal external to say i want to because sometimes it it, it could take years to get there in, in spite of what uh, you know what we want these days everything to happen overnight sometimes dreams still take years like for, for me my dream with becoming an author it took at least 10 years wow because Thanks. yeah because i mean as an author first of all especially in, in this field of, of empowerment of of supporting other people to discover and follow their dreams and you have to have experience to have something to say so if you're if you're in your 20s and you just want to be a coach or how can you help i mean do you have the wisdom do you have the life did life beat you enough to uh, to have what to say and um, i mean reading books is fine but you'd be surprised that when the storms of life come most of the things that you've read in the books you just forget about them <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You have, and you to, have to scramble right. to get out of it. So Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and what about the South Pole? <laughs> the South Pole that was uh, so I went from the South Pole was twenty four hours of sunlight, the North Pole was twenty four hours of darkness, wow. South Pole was penguins and whales, North Pole was polar bears and um, northern lights. Wow. And that was Go ahead. Uh, have you read the book, The Pursuit of Dreams? No, we've only the uh, sections in Amazon. So we've seen examples of it in sections of it. And, and like, your videos on YouTube. Yeah, we've seen you've so, yeah, so, so wonderful, captivating videos, great uh, short clips that are very poignant, um, which all of which we will link to. Um, but yeah, and your book title um, for our audience will, of course, link to that. The Pursuit of Dreams, Claim Your Power, Follow okay. Your Heart, and Fulfill Your Destiny. So the entire story is, is, uh, is in the book, like how I started from basically just, I had only an idea and a big desire and nothing else, just a laptop. And it was tears of joy when I got there. Like mm -hmm. I finally arrived home, although it was the furthest point on, on earth. <laughs> right. Do you think, um, what is your sense about what the, the amount of joy that you experienced, the joy that you experienced, was it more from uh, arriving at the location? In other words, was it the location experience or was it more the fulfillment of the fact that you wanted, that you did something very difficult that you wanted to do? I think it's probably both. Mm -hmm. 
so back then I was only starting, so I didn't know what I know now. And to be honest with you, I was in a constant battle to keep going because I had hundreds of rejections and it was heartbreaking along the way. So I didn't know that, you know, if you keep persisting, it will happen. I just had to close my eyes and keep going regardless because I wasn't like this, you know, I had so much faith. I'm just going to keep going because it will happen. I just, I hoped it will happen, but that was the end of it. So when actually it, it did happen, um, it was both. It was, I, I was happy it happened and I was happy that I could, you know, eat the fruit of my, my work right. in the end. But I know, I, I realized that, you know, when you interview people, they all put a face of, you know, I was confident, I believed and so on. But uh, the reality is when nobody's looking, you still have, you begin to wonder, you know, is this really happening or you just, but the key is you, you shut those voices and you keep going. Yeah. Did you always have the faith element in your life, the trusting God and that element, or is that something you discovered on the journey as well? Or was that just part of um, your growing up in your culture to have that inner faith? No, no, I didn't have it. Um, I learned it along the way. I learned it along the way. So I, um, faith is something that you learn from, uh, you, you know, is you, take a small step of trust and see that things begin to align and show up for you. You take another step and that's how you learn. So, and it's, um, it's not that you learn it once and then you can apply it because the more you grow in faith, the bigger the challenges that come your way. So it's not like um, it gets easier because the fight keeps, keeps growing as you fulfill a dream so let's say if, if this is the level of faith required to fulfill a dream, once you accomplish that and the dream is here, the next one, you need this faith. So it's a, it's a constant uh, growth. Bigger. So, so did you, now you're at the South Pole, did you already have your next goal in mind or, you know, did that come afterwards? So how, or just tell us like how did your journey proceeded after that meeting those first major goals uh, including, you know, going from where you were to working with NASA, uh, to authoring the book finally, and to creating the videos, the films. So it, that's, it took about 10 years. So it's, it's a slow, long journey. But you no, know, for me, the South and the North Pole were the very first steps. So I had no idea if it's possible. I had no idea how to walk in faith. I had no idea even of my spiritual beliefs. I had no idea about anything. I was, because <clears throat> growing up in a post-communist country, I wanted nothing to do with, with religion or nothing like that. And um, also being, being educated as an engineer, uh, as a scientist, I took the path of science in the world. So I, I didn't want anything to do with that. So, but when I started, to, to pursue this dream of going to the North and the South Pole. I, I, be, I began to saw around me all sorts of miracles or just people showing up or uh, whenever some doors were closing, some or others were opening that were much better for me. And I began to wonder, you know, what, what was this, you know, how can this be? So I was, I remained open to, to learning. And um, I didn't have like a to-do list when I started. I just said, 
this is my dream in this moment. I gave everything I've got. So I just, I worked night and day until I exhausted myself. I exhausted every, everything. So the moment I exhausted everything, that's when it happened for me. It doesn't have to be this way, but uh, that's how it happened for me. And only when I got back from uh, these two expedition, I started to, you know, to scratch my head and wonder, how can this be? Because what the environment has taught me, the social environment taught me, is not now my experience. It just doesn't match anymore. Mm. So if this happens, what else can I do? What else is possible? And uh, it started from there. Then I, uh, I finished my, uh, my PhD in Germany. I started working on the, on the movie. And um, I, I just, it, I grew in faith step by step. So does your, um, your background in science, have you connected with and studied any quantum physics to help explain some of those things along the way for you? Or did you go directly from science to faith-based? No, I, th I think I went directly. I, I, I've studied it a bit, but I didn't find anything fulfilling or meaningful in that, uh, in that thing. I mean, I, even today, I don't, I don't see a connection between uh, the material world and the spiritual. I don't see anything like that. It's... So, okay, so, and it's really great. It's what's really helpful for our audience, too, and for all of us is the reminder that it might, take, it might take 10 years. This thing that you want now might still take 10 years, yeah. and yet you're gonna to get to the end of the 10 years anyway. So if you try, chances are at the end of the 10 years or sooner, it will have happened. Whereas if you don't try, it certainly cannot. Yeah, and there's something that I kept learning along the way. And again, this took me many years to, to actually you know, to have a revelation and an understanding of it is if you have a desire in your heart, in the heart of hearts, so God puts dreams in our hearts in forms of, of, of a seed. So if you have the desire in the sense of a calling, in sense of, you know, this, when I'm alone at night with myself wondering, you know, what is life all about? What do I want to do? Um, where I would like to move from this moment onwards with my life in, you know, in the, in the silence of the night, if that voice speaks to you, that voice in your heart speaks to you and it tells you, you have to go this, this is what I've called you to do and so on. If the seed is in your heart, the very, that very seed is the evidence of your dream happening in the future if you do the work. Mm. So if you have the seed, that's the promise that in the future, if you follow it, if you honor it, if you work on it, in the future, it will happen. But if you don't have the seed, but it's only in your head, just don't even bother because it's never going to work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, how many of us would like to know from the very beginning, you know, will my dream happen or not in the future? Right. Before you spend the money, before you do the work, before you break your, you know, you knock your head on the walls. This is how you know if it's in it's in, if it's in your heart in form of a seed. If you honor it, if you keep going, it will happen. If it's not in your heart and you just want to, maybe it's ambition, maybe it's uh, you know, uh, you want to demonstrate to somebody to prove to yourself, it's never going to happen. Mm. And even if it does happen because you've worked at it, 
it's never going to be fulfilling. That's why you see, you know, you have Hollywood stars, you have musicians, uh, they have everything on the outside, but hollow and depressed on the inside because the seed that comes from God and you can't live a fulfilled life without him. That's the, that's the truth of the, the human being. If that's there, regardless of how long it takes, it's going to be, it's going to be great. If that's missing, regardless of what you're doing, it's going to hurt. That's how you know. So how did you go from, so again, continue on the journey and take yeah. a step with you. Um, so again, you return, I presume, to Romania after your voyage, your expeditions to North and South Poles. But you still now, that would have been a trip. It, you wouldn't have been earning money, I presume. So you still then need to consider what is your career, what is your livelihood, and proceed on your next dream, your next goals, right? So, so what was the, just tell us, so what was the journey like for you and how did you end up connecting with NASA and then the, the movies, the films, or you know, was it the other way around? If you could take us on that journey with you. So I was, uh, I, was, I was in Romania, but I was doing my PhD in Germany. I was, um, so I was working in the space industry. And because I, I couldn't tell the difference, I still, even though I went to the North and the South Pole, I couldn't tell the difference between what dreams that I have will become a reality and which ones will just fail. I, could, I couldn't tell them apart because I had many ideas. I had many things I wanted to do. And um, plus, on the other side, being a, a scientist and an engineer, a skeptical in the sense, I said, look, I don't want to go into this, uh, you know, spiritual, new age kind of, uh, even religious. I don't want any of that. I want, the, I want to understand the scientific part. I want to, uh, to see how do, like, who are the, in my, in my view, who are the most respected individuals that I can trust in their credibility to learn from them? And I thought, well, if, if these people from NASA, they put robots on Mars, if they sent astronauts into space, if, uh, if, the, if they've done what humanly seems impossible, maybe there's something I need to know. Maybe there's something I have to learn from them. So I realized, well, in, I'm going to create a documentary movie while I'm teaching others how to fulfill their dreams because I get the knowledge from them. In the same time, I'm going to learn myself because I wanted to know what does it take? Like, what is the mindset? What drives somebody to work for decades and just knock down barrier after barrier after barrier to, you know, to become an astronaut or to, and, um, to my surprise, you know, regardless if it's a rock star or if it's um, the first woman astronaut from Iran, the first Iranian woman astronaut who is an incredible woman, they all said the same thing, that I had this inner desire, this inner calling to just keep going. And so Anusha Hansari, she is the first, I think she's probably the only Iranian woman astronaut. She said to me that, when she was seven years old, she walked outside her house in the desert of Iran and she saw the stars above her head and she said, wow, that's so cool. One day I'm going to be there. Mm. And do you know how long it takes for her to become an astronaut? No, how long? She flew into space when she was 40 years old. Wow. wow. 
So she kept going for 33 years in spite of her being in a country that doesn't have a space program, uh, being in a country that usually is not, you know, Iran is in the, in the Middle East and we all know the politics. And she flew into space at 40 years old. Mm. And that's something that I can promise you, unless that desire comes from the d- deepest part of your spirit, it's humanly impossible to pursue it for 30 plus years. It's just, you, you give up along the way. Yeah, that's a powerful message. And what I, but what we love about the story too, is that you had never made a, a film before. Right. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, yeah. your story kind of followed a lot of that similarity of like, you just had these massive dreams and it's not like you were a, you didn't come from this background of traditional film or movie making or any oh, of no, that. I learned along the way. I learned along the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but to, it, this is so important for our audience as well. And that's the concept that doesn't matter if you don't already know how to do something, you know, if that's what you want to do, or if that's the next step to what it is you really want to do, then you can simply learn it. Right. Yeah. But so there, there's two things. There's first of all is the what, which is the foundation, like, what do I want to do? But then the next step is the how, but people kind of mix it. Oh, I want to do this, but I don't know how. Well, that's, I never knew how to, to become a writer, but there's something that is not being taught uh, in these days is it takes effort. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes effort. I mean, if it takes effort and um, work doing the grind day and night day and night it's not i mean if you want cheap stuff it happens but it's cheap and it's you know but the dream doesn't come cheap you have to pay the price for it and i I don't think i don't think i can stress that enough yes no i we agree 100 percent. and so but there you are like that's your dream is to i'm going to create a film and learn from those people who know who seem to be the uh reputable leading experts in this consciousness Uh, but then you know okay now you have to teach yourself how to do the film you have to make the connections like it's not so easy necessarily to just walk into nasa and interview you know the chief of nasa the ceo or to access these um celebrities you know who have so many people um wanting their attention you know so how how did you proceed with that well here there's two things um it's the internal motivation for doing something and there's also the approach of doing something so one is inside and one is outside if you so uh, in order to 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 have this process in place the intent and the motivation of the heart has to be pure so because if you if there's anything here's i want to go back a, a bit before answering your question Here's something I've learned both from growing up in my environment, both from NASA, um, is whenever truth is denied, rejected, uh, rationalized away, put under the rug, something bad will happen along the way. So truth must be the honesty and truthfulness has to be the foundation of everything that you are doing whether it's the truth in your heart, in your being, whether it's the truth in what you are doing um, or speaking or doing to others or with others, 
truth has to be behind everything because the moment you've derailed from the truth, something bad is going to happen. To give you an example, I, uh, growing up in Romania, Romania has uh, one of the highest alcohol abuse rates in the world. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't really understand, you know, why is this happening? Why do people have these destructive behaviors? Um, and it took me 30 years to understand what was happening. At 30 years old, I went to NASA and I got the chance to be mentored by the person who built Hubble Space Telescope. So like the most famous space program in history. And if you know about Hubble, you know that uh, when they launched Hubble, and NASA had spent almost $2 billion to launch this satellite after working for 15 years. And it was a failure. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. So after they, uh, they sent astronauts into space to fix the telescope, they asked the question, what happened? How is it possible that the best minds in the world? Because uh, he said to me, we had the best engineers, the best scientists, the be best managers. How can they fail building this? And his question led him to discover, it was probably the biggest discovery in the history of leadership in the 1990s. And he said to me, it's never how smart you are. So regardless of what you're trying to achieve, it's never how smart you are, but it's the social context you find yourself in. What happened at NASA is they took brilliant people and they put them in a wrong social environment in which the managers constantly punish them, uh, beat them down with fighting, with, uh, they're psychologically violent toward them. So in this environment of psychological pressure, what happened is they just uh, unconsciously, because if you, if, if you get punished for telling the truth, and if telling the truth becomes painful in a social environment, you unconsciously rationalize away bit by bit to keep yourself away from the hurt and safe regardless if you're a Nobel Prize winner or, uh, you know, with no education, you're doing the same because we want to be away from the pain. Mm -hmm. So what happened is because of this environment, they just rationalized the way pieces of truth along the way. And one mistake that they've dismissed was small enough to be ignored, but big enough to destroy this $2 billion project. Wow. So she said, whenever truth is and this is what sorry this is what happened back in Romania because of the environment of communism in which uh, people couldn't trust each other anymore if you spoke about freedom if you if you dared to open your mouth about you know whatever the government or the communist party deemed or judged as the wrong thing against the environment you could end up in the worst kind of dungeon or jail or beaten beaten up or horrible things happened back in those days People suppressed everything and they just shut the doors of their minds and hearts from the inside and they suppressed their dreams, their wishes in order to be safe in the environment. But you know, if you've probably been in your life in a situation when you had to suppress the truth on the inside to be safe, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's in a, uh, maybe in a classroom environment, maybe in a work environment, when you suppress the truth to, be, to remain safe. What happened was truth suppressed on the inside becomes pain. And the people in my country, the only way they could deal with the pain was through alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. So in the case of NASA, truth 
rationalized away and ignored, 15 years later led to a failure. In my country, truth on the inside suppressed, decades later led to abuse, addiction, many broken lives and even death in many cases. So when it comes to following your dreams, building a career, building something, truth has to be behind every single decision along the way. Whenever truth derails, you've gone off tracks and it's, it's gonna be a problem. So to answer the question of how I went to, how I reached these guys, first of all, the intents of my heart were always pure. I want to make this documentary series and um, this is what I have, this is what I'm aiming at. Are you willing to be part of it? That's, that's it. Now, externally, how to go about it? You, this is something I've learned from Silicon Valley. You have to learn to build yourself super credibility. Mm. Now, as, as human beings, we, in our minds, each of us has a line of credibility and a line of super credibility. Meaning that whenever I tell you something, oh, I have an idea to do this. If the idea falls under the line of credibility, you just dismiss the idea, you dismiss me together with it. Like if I'm gonna come and say to you, I'm gonna fly to the moon on a, on a balloon, you know, this guy is off the tracks and you know, dismiss it. If the idea goes above the line of credibility, then you can maybe, you know, give me a chance or I'm gonna hear you more. But if you line up behind you, the people, uh, organizations, brands, whatever you want to build, and you reach above the line of super credibility, that's when people trust in you and uh, they are willing to help and give you what you want. So I just started off, you, you, you have to apply wisdom in what you're doing. So it's really hard to get from, you know, I'm, I'm a nobody. I was just a PhD student back in Europe. I had nothing more than that. So I realized if I want to go to the best-selling authors and to NASA, I have to build my way up there. So I just started with, um, I knew a person who was a former astronaut and he was from the UN, from the United Nations. And I said, would you like to, to be part of the project? And he said, yes. So now that were two of us and it was me and this project who is, uh, this person who is from the UN. So when I went to further to NASA and to higher and higher, you just build it along the way, but it's, it's impossible to just jump the, you can't jump the staircase. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That's so really beautiful. So yeah, that's such a good, um, and again, it ties in with what you started saying in the beginning and that is you just work your way there one step at a time. Um, yeah. We have a quote that we use often here because it's so relevant, like your story. And that is, it is in the journey that the way becomes more clear and mm -hmm. you, know, you cannot know and you cannot see, you know, what's around every corner, every turn of the bend. Um, but you just keep going. And then, like you said, new doors and opportunities open to you and you continue in the direction of truth and pursuing your passion and representing that integrity. And that's what you attract to you as well. Yep. So, so you know, but you still haven't done a film 
and you're you're now you're making these connections and you have to learn and teach yourself all about how to make the film how to did you publish start, it and to, did you even start your interviewing process with the notion that you're making this film series or at that point was it i'm gonna write a book like did the idea for the book or the film come first when in this journey now uh so the movie was for me coming from eastern europe for me to get to the to, to the level of getting a, a publisher because i didn't want to compromise and have you know just a self-published book or uh, i realized the gap between where i was and to get those a serious publisher that will take my book all over the world and the gap was too big i mean i had the discernment to realize it's it's a big step so the movie was just one of the ways of building the platform building credibility learning in the process to you know to build my way up there so it, it, it was just an intermediate step along the way i see wow. and so then the book then you came up with a book after that no, first of all was uh, was the movie. Then I did a tour with the film around the world uh, in the states, in Japan, in um, in New Zealand. So I built my way through. And was that tours? Were, were you funding that tour yourself, or was that? Did you have a um, you know a, a grant or a donor? To no, fund no, I, I took I took all my savings uh, to start uh, the tour in the states. I lost all the money. Uh, I went with my uh, with my girlfriend, and um, it was a painful experience. I mean, it was bittersweet in the same time because I took all the money and I I thought I'm doing something, but then the people I hired turned out to be not who they said they were, and I lost the money. And but then on the other hand, we saw how God took care of us, and we had all these people showing up to take care of us along the way, and we never lacked anything. We've been on four continents. We, we we literally started off with two thousand dollars, two and a half thousand dollars. We went to uh, we went to a church in Romania one day, gave away all our clothes to the poor, and jump on a plane, went to LA with two and a half thousand dollars together for uh, for three months, which as you know is not enough. If you don't have a place to stay, if you don't have a rental car, if you don't have, it's just nothing. Right. And. Uh, that's when we began to see, you know, maybe there's something more to our journey than just our own power of, of doing things. Yeah. And, um, I, I wrote all about this in my, in, in my next book. That's probably going to come out next year. Okay. But um, no, I, I had no idea what I, I just, we, we closed our eyes, we jumped and uh, it was, uh, it was bittersweet because while our own efforts failed, we saw that in the same time, God took care of us. And I learned to rely more on him than on my own wisdom and experience because, so yeah, that's how it happened. So somewhere along the way, you developed a relationship with God. Yeah, that was, that's a totally different story. You want to know about it? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. It's significant for you. Cause, and I would just like to share, to set that up, um, you have shared that your life's purpose is to connect stories, science, entrepreneurship, and the teachings of Jesus Christ to empower people to heal their life and make their dreams a reality. Yeah, so, that's my that's my my life's calling. Okay, so, so tell us about that. So what happened? For, this is my personal my my personal story of what happened. 
Do you have more time or? Yes, we have yeah. about, yeah, about 15 minutes or so if you do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. So what happened for me is from the beginning. So I grew up in a, in a, during the last years of communism. And as we moved fr uh, from communism to whatever stuff we called it democracy, but it wasn't really because the mindset just kept going. So although on paper, um, everybody's a Christian, people just did their own thing. So what happened during communism is the, the government, in order to control and to break society, because this is what, what they are doing to, to break the human connection, like an honest, truthful connection, what happened was they removed, one of the many things they've done is they removed the priests from the churches and they put their own spies uh, in place. So the moment somebody would go to confession, you're not repenting in front of God, but you are pouring everything to the government. So can you imagine this? So what happened was this broke all confidence and, uh, in, in the church, in the system, and in everything. So you, you couldn't know what to trust, who to trust with. It was just... Um, so for that reason, going up in this environment, I've never been to church. My parents never took me to church, probably to, maybe to protect me. or we, we didn't want to do anything with that. So in my early 20s, because I think as... Any human being, you're looking for something more, you know, looking for, is there something more than just this life? I settled in my mind, look, I don't want anything to do with Christianity. If there is a God, there's probably all roads lead to the top of the mountain. There's probably, you know, other spiritual traditions, other paths have to live there. So I went off on a journey and I studied for almost 10 years, I studied every single spiritual tradition you can imagine. So from Native Americans <clears throat> to the shamans in the South America, then you went across the earth to the Essene Gospels, the Gnostic Gospels, the, um, what else, the Buddhist tradition, the Taoism in, in Japan and in China and Confucianism, everything you can think of, spent 10 years studying, practicing, and I saw that the more I studied, the more I was getting more books, more books, like you just keep going, but never really grasp it and reach home. And in, when I was about 27 years old, I fell into this, this massive depression because all, all, everything in my life just collapsed. Um, lost girlfriend, no money, um, all sides except my physical health just crumbled. So, all my friends were, you know, building families and having careers and so on. And I was in my parents' apartment, broke and alone. And with, with, I don't know if you, if, you, if you know what depression feels like. It's like a choking, a continuous pain on the inside. So one night I just cried out. I said, God, if you're real, I'm desperate. I want to know you because I, just, I, I can't take it anymore. So I want you to, sh you know, show me who you are. Show me, you know, what's the way because I just can't take it anymore. It's like the end of the line on all sides. And a few months later, a friend of mine, a friend of mine from Hawaii, he called me and he said, look, I'm going to be away from my house. He had a beautiful house in Hawaii. And 
he said, I'm going to be away from, from my house for about six months. If you want to come here and uh, just feed my dogs and wow. wash the house for me. That's a nice uh, to enjoy the big island, just come and uh, it's all yours. So I took the last money I had and I bought a, a, a flight ticket and I went there and living on beans and veggies for, uh, for a few months. And I was alone on the, the whole property was mine to, you know, just with the dogs. Mm-hmm. And when I took him to the airport, I said, he said to me, if you have the chance to read the book by Catherine Kuhlman, just uh, buy it and read it. I never, I had no idea who this woman was. So I, I went on Amazon. I couldn't really afford to buy books from Amazon. So I, I took a, a $2 secondhand copy of the book. And um, the book was called The Greatest Power in the World. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe this is about the, the power of the human mind, if, as the title said. So the book came about six weeks later by boat from, from the mainland US. <laughs> And I was in the kitchen and I was looking outside the window and I, I was unwrapping the box and I opened the book and I started to read the foreword. And the foreword said, um, Catherine Kuhlman, a mighty woman of God in the 1940s and 50s. Um, and I thought in my head, oh man, this is a Christian book. I don't want, I, I don't want to read this. Anyway, I just keep to the end of the foreword. The last part of the, the last sentence said, if you have not made the full surrender to Jesus Christ, do it now. So when my eyes re- uh, finished reading this sentence, I felt like an electric shock, like, a, like you know, the hospital pedals going through my heart. Wow. My, my knees buckled. I almost dropped. I dropped the book. I, I grabbed the counter not to fall on the ground. The moment I got up, I was everything, the depression, the pain, the emptiness, the guilt, for, for years, it was instantly gone. So in that moment, I knew two things. It just, I knew that I knew that um, I was healed, completely healed instantly. And also I, I had the insight and the revelation that Jesus Christ is the truth. That's what I knew. I didn't know what it means. I didn't know what to do with it, but that's why I was absolutely certain then who he said he was, it was the truth. So when, when he spoke, I am the son of God, I knew it's the truth. I knew there's a God. I knew he had a son. I knew he came on earth. I knew he died. I knew he came back. Everything was in an instant just revealed. Now, that's when I was driving this way and then my life just turned on a completely different direction. And... Um, everything changed. So that was how I ended up. I said, I don't want anything else, but this journey with Christ. So that's was how that, I, st- when, when you had that moment, like right after that moment, was there anything in your mind that, because, because up until then you had been uh, an engineer, you'd been very steeped in science and mm-hmm. then also your social surroundings of yeah. a communist country that didn't, like that was not part of your life at all. So was there any moment after that revelation where you're like, oh, snap. Uh, was course. there a scared feeling or just like, well, now what? So what happened was, so, um, immediate, so the first thing that happened was when I got up from there, I realized I was completely healed. I knew that he, he was the one I was looking for for my entire 30 years of life. 
27 some years of life. I knew I was home. So that was the first thing that happened. The next thing that happened without me reading anything, without me knowing what to do is I, I crumbled on the floor and I repented and I cried for four months every day for everything I had ever done. It was like, um, if you can imagine this, you are doing something in, you know how uh, William Shakespeare said that the world is a stage and all of us are actors? Yeah. Well, in that moment, I realized that if all my life I had believed that what I was thinking, what I was doing in the dark when nobody noticed, I knew that God is the only person in the audience seeing everything. And that really, it just like the curtains were opened. And I said, oh my. And I spent four months crying out everything and repenting of everything. That's what I've done. And then I was like, okay, I have to, because I had to figure out what does it mean? You know, what is this new life? What is this new change? What happened? Because you don't, you, 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 I didn't know. So I grabbed the Bible and never looked back. And I mean, the journey takes years. It's, uh, it's not on the spot. It takes years. And what are you doing now um, in your life, in your creative life to sustain you? How are you earning a living? And um, how is it that you're blending your aspiration, your passion to uh, merge science, entre entrepreneurship, and Christ? Uh, so after this journey, I spent another half a year writing my, my second book. The second book is, um, the topic of it is a scientific investigation into the reality of Jesus Christ. That's the topic of it. And I just sent it off to my agent in, in, uh, in Denver. And um, I'm still trying to figure out what's, what the next step is for me. Right now what I'm doing, I took a break from, from work. I just finished the book, so I, I took a break and I just, um, I just study. I, uh, I'm reading the Bible, I'm studying ancient uh, like Jewish traditions, I'm, I'm, I'm studying. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. So when do you think because you're what, what, what's interesting is as I'm teaching, I also have to prove it in my own life. Like, yeah. you know, I have to build a business myself. I have to make sure the business works. I have to make sure uh, the teachings reach people. So it's a, it's a, it's everything. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, but you're in the journey. That's the thing. And, uh, and really, you know, our journey is our life. Our life is our journey. And, you know, and it, it, it continues the entire span of our life until we leave, you know, so, and we just have different chapters and phases of that. Um, so it yeah. makes sense that you're in the journey and you don't have it all figured out, but you are true to your recommendation, following your heart and your passion. Yeah. Because otherwise you become a hypocrite. If you just tell people what to do and you don't do it, you're worse than, you know, than they are. So. Right. So what's next for you? Your book's coming out when? Well, it's probably going to be at least a year from now. So. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So did you? So why did you decide to go traditional publishing versus self-publishing? Oh, I still believe in the traditional publishing because um, I think if you are a respected author, you need that process because they provide. You can't just you know put it on Amazon and 
I mean, could people could buy it. I'm not saying that, but uh, the traditional publisher is they open up the world for you through their channels. Uh, they have editors who know their job and their business, so you can you know work with more people to create a product than just your own uh, ideas and so on. So I never wanted to self-publish anything. That was my even I, I said this about five years ago. If I'm not getting a like a top publisher in the states, I'm not gonna bother. I'll just go get a job, do something else, and. Yeah, I don't want to settle for anything less than what I really want to do. And so what is that next for you? Uh, just this, um, to be an author, which I'm doing, but it's a lifetime process. Um, go around the world, tell, tell people what Jesus did for me and uh, help people find peace, healing, fulfill their dreams. And nothing else. Somebody a few weeks ago in, an, in another interview asked me, "When you, if you look back at the end of your life, and uh, you know what, what would you like to have happened? What would you like to see?" And uh, and I said, "Look, I don't think that way. The moment I'm going to be at the end of my life, and I'm going to give the last breath, I'm not going to look back. I'm going to look up, and the moment when I'm going to be face to face with Christ, I, I want to hear from His mouth, good work, my faithful servant.'" I don't care about what's behind. This is my goal, to hear these words at the end of life, so. Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, thank you for your inspiring story, for spending this time with us uh, and sharing it so that it may also, in turn, do exactly what you want, and that is inspire others to pursue their dreams and follow their hearts. We'll definitely link to your books and your website. It's very beautifully done. Uh, so congratulations thank you. on that. Yes. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing your book number two. Well, thank you for having me. It's been really nice to meet the two of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll, we'll keep in touch and talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.